0: okay the The new zoom like you are being recorded thing freaks me out i'm sure it's like a legal thing but it scares the crap out of me because it feels like you're gonna hear the voice be like 10 9 8 and something's gonna blow up
1: i also do love that it gives you an option to leave if you're not okay with being recorded
0: like, peace out, I'm done.
1: Right, like, those like those are the options. It's like, you're being recorded. P- bitch, bye. Like, I didn't
0: sign up for this. Really awkward things I've learned from my day job is Texas is a one-party state, so as long as one person knows they're being recorded, it's legal.
1: I mean, I don't know. It might be all the years of paneling, but I pretty much just assume that if I'm in public, I'm being recorded. Like, yeah. you can only go to so many anime conventions and be like, Cause I, I, oh my God, I love that. When I, every once in a while I get like, oh, I didn't consent to be in this photo. There's thousands of people here. What, what do you, what do you want? Did you think
0: I had a little f- piece of paper for all of you? No. Are you a spy? Like, <laughs> and if you are, why are you at an anime convention? Right, if you're a spy, you're doing a terrible job. Are you meeting your connection? The Japanese are, don't really want to get into a fight again
1: right are you in witness protection if so again what are you doing at an anime convention i have questions
0: i would also like to start this podcast by apologizing to amanda because i'm a (laughs) dumbass i'm the one who said hey we're gonna record friday night instead of saturday because i have to go do crown stuff right and then i'm the one watching letter kenny when i get a text message going are we still on for tonight (laughs) run upstairs try to log in my laptop and my laptop goes now we're not even giving you the login menu, you dumb bitch.
1: But here we are now. I was able yeah, to get we it did in. it. We did it. I am uh, seriously considering ordering ihop because I'm not in control of my life. That actually
0: sounds amazing if I hadn't already eaten dinner. I haven't eaten dinner yet, so And order yourself some ihop. I will when we're done recording.
1: I'll try to be fast then. No, I no, I will not make that promise to anyone. Uh happy pride happy pride uh it doesn't really feel like pride no it feels weird it does feel weird but uh I knew it was pride because target decided that it likes gay people again
0: yeah we we're gonna talk a little bit about that I think because are we well at some point in time we were talking about doing a side discussion about oh yes pride <laughs> capitalism or rainbow capitalism where it's yes. once a month or once a year all of a sudden everybody comes out and goes hey we're making gay vodka and you're like uh bitch jokes on you it's been gay forever
1: but also like we do still buy into it that's the problem
0: because it's hard to well it's not hard to find stuff anymore initially i mean even a few years ago it was like i kind of want a pride flag yeah i can't get a pride flag now you can get one freaking anywhere so fun Uh,
1: fact i actually just wrote about that probably for fangirl nation
0: Uh, i'm all excited now
1: I know this is what I do behind the scenes. Uh, I also just bought a shirt that's a hoodie that says yeet, but in the bisexual pride colors.
0: I'm so excited to see you wearing that. You don't even understand. I mean, (laughs) it just feels very,
1: it feels very accurate for a bisexual to have a hoodie that says yeet.
0: So I love all the stuff from Look Human, but I always chicken out because I'm like, I will accidentally wear this to work. I do have the bisexual Illuminati cup though, for like my coffee cup.
1: No one cares. Just, just do. I have a lot of Ethan Bird stuff that I'm waiting for someone to finally be like, oh, that's like an Audubon Oh No, no, that's not, that's not Audubon.
0: (laughs) I, I work for a company now that's national or actually international. So we have companies in other countries Mm -hmm. including Canada so they are very big on the pride thing they're like hey guys why don't you share your coming out stories with us and I'm like um I'm not gonna do that because uh no one at work needs to one know that and two I don't really want to be like well my mom just said I was being trendy so so I think
1: you need the bisexual trash shirt that has a raccoon with a
0: bi pride flag that sounds amazing that sounds exactly like my personality as a whole
1: Yeah I went on lookhuman.com slash pride not a sponsor but if you want to work with us please hit us up uh and there's like literally was like the first thing in the carousel was a shirt that says bisexual trash with a raccoon and a flag and I think you need that.
0: It's like it knows me as a person on the inside. There's
1: also one that says best buy like
0: (laughs) and I think I need that one. (laughs) It's funny because it's like I go back and forth. And I'm like, am I bi? Am I pan? I don't really know because we use, it's It's funny as a culture, we either use the terms mm-hmm. interchangeably or we have somebody go, no, they're completely different. Mm-hmm. Or, and I'm like, I'm equal opportunity. If i like you, are you a nice person? Are you right. around? Do you make me laugh? Like that's, that's where we're coming from. And yeah, yeah.
1: there's a, there's a lot of, com- Okay. So remember how I got excited out there being one with the raccoon? There's one with a possum that says bisexual mm.
0: trash. Possum is even better. So for those of you who don't know, and honestly, I'm probably just gonna get myself in trouble. I call my official pageant brand, uh, pa- I'm, I'm the pageant possum posse.
1: I love that like you've really taken off with this. Like this is like hilarious to me if it wasn't like almost distressing it's a little distressing it is oh it is i just don't say anything i also think i need the shirt that says local bisexual cryptid
0: yes you do you need that okay and again not a sponsor we just spend way too much time on the internet
1: bisexual witch oh i mean come on stop bisexual book club guys just sponsor us so we can buy shit anyways uh it's pride we were talking about rainbow capitalism but um we're covering orlando a book that
0: i've never read really yeah I read in college, but but again, I was also weird, so. Um, My my college reading, now that I think about it, was
1: a lot of stuffy white men.
0: That makes sense. I went to a very, very, very liberal California school, so that's probably. I went
1: to a liberal arts college, but it was still a Catholic liberal arts college. In Texas. In South Texas. (laughs) So, I mean, we did some radical, like, we had radical discussions on
0: very traditional things, I'll say that. So I love the fact Amanda has named this episode, Don't Call My Name Orlando, which is a Lady Gaga reference. It is. Which makes me so happy. And of course, Lady Gaga is like the official mascot of pride, whether or not she knows that. I'm I think sure she knows. She does. <laughs> I think she's aware. I it just think... exists. And they're like, hi.
1: I think she's aware of for, con- for uh, the record, Lady Gaga and I are actually of similar height
0: i did not know that yeah i knew that she was like two years younger than me and i've always been a little bit butthurt about that yeah she's like i think she's 5'2
1: and i'm i'm 5'1 i have measured once at 5'2 once in my life i have measured at 5'2 i just say i'm 5'1 because i don't know or care Uh, but yes i did name this episode after a lady gaga reference Uh, we have some news at the start of the show uh, as you all may remember a few years ago uh, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris uh, burned down I honestly remember watching the fire and crying at my desk <laughs> uh, just sort of like a sad impotent crying of like because all they really could do is just watch it burn for most of it because at that stage like the water would do just as much damage as the smoke and flame yeah so there was a lot of just impotent crying uh. And in a means to help restore the historic uh, cathedral, they uh, the Friends of Notre Dame de pelle have allowed people to symbolically adopt uh, pieces of art, including the famous gargoyles to help towards their restoration. And we, uh, at Unfortunately Required Reading, Inc., have adopted a gargoyle whose name is Shaz. He's doing his best.
0: You know what I love? Yes. We're like... We're going to donate tiles to the roof at Jane Austen's house. Yep. We're going to donate to the Trevor Project. Yep. We're going to donate to this. And it just, it doesn't feel like a podcast thing. It just feels like an us thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I think, but I think that's why it feels like a podcast thing, because we would do this on our own regardless. But then it also happens to be literary because Victor Hugo is a bad writer. (laughs)
0: I ain't even mad about that. Like, please
1: <laughs> refute, please. No, anyone, you. any I'm, one of you refute, please. I am read I'm,
0: the Hunchback of Notre Dame when I was like 14 because we were camping somewhere and like in somebody's cabin and they had a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm going to read this and be cultured. I'm like, why am I reading this? I read one of those
1: like shitty abridged children's ones. And it was still way too dark. And it was like way after the Disney movie, obviously. And it's like, what the fuck? Just just like holding the two properties. Like, what is this? These are very different. Uh, But yeah, we have a gargoyle. Uh, We will include a link in the show notes if you would like to adopt another piece of art. Uh, Basically at this stage, all of that money just goes towards helping to restore uh, Notre Dame de Pelle, which, I mean, they're doing the best that they can. That church is hundreds of years old it's it's a lot it's a lot and uh, a lot of that restoration work requires a lot of time and specialists uh a lot of these materials like don't exist anymore like if you ever watched like a lot of like art like restoration videos one of the hardest things is like matching pigments because like this doesn't exist and like we don't have this paint anymore it's no longer a thing
0: if you <laughs> go see the book of kells they actually have just an entire portion of the exhibit on these are the things that made up the pigments these are the Mm -hmm. things that are no longer available Mm -hmm. also this book is down underground you can see it through a window we turn the page every few days or months or whatever so that way no one page gets destroyed like it Mm -hmm. is Ireland is on top of it well trinity college is on top of it but
1: sweden has that with the codex Gigos or the devil's uh codex
0: i want to go see it which sounds awful for me to be like so excited about that but like oh i'm super excited darts. for
1: it it's great uh, also a uh, casual mention of the codex gigas high
0: five. Woo! <laughs> And me like knowing just, already what it was, high five. Right, um, just
1: very, very casual dropping of the Codex Gigas. Uh, there was a very, very long Smithsonian documentary about it that was like, this is the best fucking thing I've ever seen. Uh, we're e- what we're eating and drinking is a uh, house's choice because it is late on a Friday. I mean, it's not late, it's 7.30, but like later than we usually record.
0: <laughs> and honestly, Orlando goes through so many different changes and transformations. You can drink whatever the fuck you want.
1: Yeah, I have next to me a can of pineapple orange juice from hawaii
0: I a uh i'm gonna admit a 40 ounce tamarind fl- and spice flavored smirnoff today when i got off of work and i'm currently drinking a margarita because i can i'm not
1: here to judge that's not what i'm here to do uh in this particular capacity so uh I mean, happy pride nature huh
0: i mean judging is our second nature i mean it
1: is that's why i specified in this capacity
0: I adore you. Don't worry,
1: I will still judge every other decision every other person has made. Where are the cats?
0: So I am in the library with the door shut, so (laughs) they are not in here. Nemo's been weird lately. He kind of shows up and cuddles when he wants to, but River has been a champion. Mm -hmm. Um, She was all over cuddling with me today, which I was very happy about. At one point in time, I did text Amanda. "Um, Should I turn this into an emotional support cat? Because evidently it's really easy. I mean that partially as a joke, but also because yes. I think River would want to go places.
1: No, and I did ask, uh, has she been emotionally supportive? <laughs> because that's always the funniest thing to me about the whole like, this is my emotional support peacock. Please tell me how this peacock is emotionally
0: supporting you. The only way that this cat emotionally supports me is also helping me judge people,
1: which, which is funny I mean,
0: because yeah. I'm very big about being like, well, we don't know what they've been through. Yes, like we, we we watch Letter Kenny and the guy who yells, You're embarrassing. I'm like, his wife died and he needs therapy really bad. He doesn't really understand. He's not coping. And my husband just looks at me and goes, It's supposed to be funny. And I'm like, but it's not funny. He lost his wife. And then I'm like, oh my God. And then I look at him and I do the shoresy thing of, Oh man, give your balls a tug. And it's a whole yeah, anyway.
1: Oh, uh also not a sponsor. I've been watching a lot of uh, Sarah Z videos. She's like, she's almost like Gen Z Lindsay Ellis. Sarah what? It's Sarah Z, but she's Canadian, so she says Sarah Z. <laughs> putting, uh I'm
0: trying to put a link in, that's why I'm asking.
1: She has like an hour and a half
0: long video on Destiel Gate. Wh- what? What? I understand Destiel, but I did not understand there was a controversy. Bitch. <laughs> there was, okay, you
1: need to watch that video. There was, calling it a controversy feels offensive to controversies. It was a, there are translations of multiple dubs and ADRs. There's secret meanings. There's, it was a controversy. It was a whole thing. It's like an hour and a half long. It's, it's good. It's good. Uh, she's doing some really, really great stuff. I'm very proud of her. She also covered the Wunceler fandom.
0: Because oh. remember when
1: everyone was super horny for the Wunceler?
0: See, I don't understand people
1: being super horny for the Wunceler. I mean, he's a twinky indie guy, and then he turns into a fabulous campy queen.
0: To be fair, I am in a group that is full of people who are really into primanger or whatever, primanger from one of the Barbie movies. So right also uh
1: hello disney villains
0: (laughs) i was gonna say to each their own you may be like ah the conventionally attractive age-appropriate person or you may be into the scaly lizard man (sighs) so do you want to talk about some gender stuff yeah okay so first of all this is going to be kind of fun because we get to have some lesbian politics which i'm very excited about
1: lesbian politics are a side show with rachel maddow It should
0: be. Um, (laughs) Virginia Woolf is very, very detailed in her stories. She has a lot of racism. The whole part's about a Moor's head being attacked with a sword, and that being referenced a lot, was a bit much. But anyway, short Mm -hmm. story long. The story at hand takes place over 300 years. So buckle up. It's from 1588 to 1928. To begin, Orlando was a young and wealthy nobleman. He is writing poetry in the woods and he falls asleep only to be woken up by trumpets signaling Queen Elizabeth I is here. And he is exceptionally late to the party. The queen sees him running up after getting ready and she's like, Oh, he's so sweet and innocent. Two years later, when he's like marginally slightly more appropriate, she sends for him to become one of her court lovers. He goes and she gives him the title of Stuart. Our steward, sorry. Um, and ends up basically giving being letting him be a treasurer and giving him all this money and basically anything he wants. But he's really into the ladies, and Queen Elizabeth catches him kissing a young girl, and she ends up shattering her mirror with a sword because she's older and she doesn't like it. Uh Queen Elizabeth I dies. Orlando is now in the court of James I, which if you follow English history at all, you're like, oh shit. Or if you've listened to me complain at all. Yes. (laughs) Because I talk a lot about it. So Orlando is not super into this court at all. It's not very much fun. Um, And he spends a lot of time visiting pubs and hanging out with women of quote unquote low birth. So he hangs out with a lot of low class women and women who are involved in prostitution. He gets bored and then he'll go back to court just for fun. I mean, kind of rude, but he does what he needs to do. It's here that it becomes engaged to a woman of high birth named Euphrosisine or whatever, I can't say it, um, due to her connections. So it's not her. It's not anything to do with her. It's the fact that she's connected to a bunch of people. And they have the great frost that hits the Thames and the court of James I ends up holding courtly parties on the super thick ice. We'll go into a little bit about what a frost fair is in a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, this was a documented time in English history. So Court members are out skating and a beautiful figure skates by Orlando and he's completely entranced and at first he's confused because he can't tell if this is a man or a woman and he's like do I have feelings for a man is it a woman in the words of Margaret Cho am I just slutty Um, but he discovers that it's actually a Russian princess and she's a very long extensive name so he just starts calling her Sasha they get along because Orlando was one of the only people in the court who actually speaks French. She only speaks Russian and French. And just for a sidebar here, the upper crust of Russia learned French, and that would actually be a common language they spoke at court. So just side note, um, that's why when things went very, very south in 1917, a lot of people came to France. I also
1: know this because of uh, that one crazy Queen's Ice Palace. yes. Yay. He was nuts. I was paying attention.
0: <laughs> you paid attention in school. I love it. Um, so anyway, they kind of communicate because they're the only ones who really can. Most of the court only speaks English, which is also why you should learn additional language, kids. Um, Sasha and Orlando gets really close, and they decide that they're going to run away together. They go to her ship to get a bunch of her clothes, and the ship is frozen in ice because, again, everything is frozen right now. Um, He waits a really long time for her to reappear, loses his patience, and then jumps onto the ship and finds her, as he sees it, her sitting on the knee of a sailor. And he accuses her of cheating. She loses her shit because, as she puts it, I'm a princess. I'm not sleeping with a sailor. Um, They agree to meet up at midnight, run away together. The time comes and goes. She doesn't show up. Orlando is in complete despair, no longer trust women, it's a whole thing. The ice begins to break up, Orlando sees people being swept away in the water and ice, and then he sees the Russian ship sailing away back to Russia. He goes home, he sleeps for seven straight days, and then closes himself up in the house with 365 rooms and 52 staircases. If that sounds similar to a year and also all the weeks in a year, there's a reason for that. Wolf is going to hit you up with some, some time aspects, right? Mm-hmm. So he decides to branch out. He invites a poet named Nick Green to come to his home. Nick is cool, but there's very big differences in status. Um, so it's a barrier to their friendship. And Nick leaves and ends up writing a parody poem over Orlando about him locking himself up in his big old house. Orlando is heartbroken and burns all the poetry he's written except one called The Oak Tree. And this is important for later. He turns to refurbishing his house, he invites the neighbors to come and visit, and he earns respect in the neighborhood. Orlando then turns his attentions to a Romanian noblewoman named Harriet. Orlando is super not into her advances, but he kind of just goes with it for a minute before bailing out to leave England immediately. Like, I cannot marry this bitch, I'm not into this. We are now under the reign of King Charles II. Charles II sends Orlando to Constantinople to become an ambassador. Orlando was really, really good at this job and gets promoted to a duke. He is seen lowering a rope down and bringing up a woman into his room, they embrace passionately. His servants the next day find him in a trance, and this is important because there is a huge insurrection going on in Turkey and they think this guy is going to get killed. They can't wake him up. There's a notice next to his bed that's a marriage certificate saying he married the woman that came up to the room and her name is Rosina Pepita. Um, A lot of people are killed. Robbers break into Orlando's room, see that he's not moving and go, well, he's probably already dead. Take a bunch of stuff and leave. He wakes seven days later as a woman and she doesn't take long to get used to her body. She actually is a very big fan of her body she turns to a um a roma i'm refusing to use the slang term um named rustum and they end up joining together into a tribe um traveling through turkey but the tribe is very different as far as values go so orlando was like i love material things and they're like we really don't care Orlando spends a lot of time looking up at the sky and ignoring important things like sheep and other animals that they have that they survive on for food so they're like hey you're fine but you're really not fitting so Orlando leaves and sails back to England on the voyage Orlando gets groiny with a sea captain and she's like I don't know which gender I like better because both of them are pretty fun Orlando gets back to England and now Archduke Harriet, who previously was the Duchess Harriet, has become Archduke Henry, or Harry, sorry. He proposes, and Orlando was like, but you're so fucking boring. Orlando goes to hang out with famous poets instead. This includes, like, Dryden and a bunch of other people who are very popular at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, She begins to hang out with local sex workers because their stories are way more interesting than rich people. Mm -hmm. She looks up at the sky at one point and realizes the 19th century has begun. And the Victorian era sucks. She feels like she has to get a husband to fit in with the spirit of the age. She's like, screw this. I'm just going to get married to nature. Nature is way more understanding. She's running along the moors thinking she's a complete badass, which I've done before. It's fun. And she trips and twists her ankle. And this dude we will now talk about enters the scene. His name is Shell. His full name is Marmaduke. Bonthrop, Shelmerdine, Esquire. So he's a lawyer. Anyway, um, they fall madly for each other because Orlando and Shell both have all the best qualities of each gender, or the two genders that are considered in this book. They get married in a quick but romantic ceremony, and then Shell has to return to the sea. Orlando revisits her poem, The Oak Tree, the one she's been working on since the very beginning of the poem, takes it to Nick Green, who at this stage is now a very famous critic. He's like, this is badass. We're gonna make you amazing. We're gonna give you great reviews. It's gonna sell wonderfully. Queen Elizabeth passes away. She's replaced by Edward VII. And suddenly a bright light hits Orlando's 10 times. She is now 36 and in the present, she smells a like candle at a store, makes her think of Sasha. She realizes everything is somehow connected and she has been multiple versions of herself. The present is frightening. She's deciding to she's gonna bury the poem The Oak Tree. She's just gonna get rid of it. She's not gonna have anything to do with it. But then she thinks better of it because it's belonging to the ages. She calls out for her husband Shell. She thinks she sees a dead Queen Elizabeth in her house. Shell leaps from an airplane overhead and suddenly they're in the present. Now for them, obviously the present is 1928. So way further back from us. About right. Almost a hundred years. Yeah. In seven years, it'll be a hundred years. And that's the end of the story. Yeah.
1: Uh, whatever drugs Virginia Woolf was on, I would like some, please.
0: I think it was mostly just mental health issues. Whatever drugs Virginia Woolf was on, I would like some, please. Woman was a strong writer.
1: Um, crazy. That's not the word I would use, but I respect your opinion.
0: Her writing is difficult for me, and I will admit that because... Yes it is so intricately detailed she is a little bit like Anne Rice in the fact that she has to explain everything to the fullest and you're like I got the point let's move on
1: yeah uh, she's up there with a lot of other classic authors that when people say like I don't like reading like because you had to read this and no one likes reading this if you say that you like reading this, TBH, you're probably a liar. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Like, you it's can like the concepts, but, like, you have to admit that reading this is a struggle.
0: I will say, and this is going to sound awful, I loved the movie. And we had a conversation about this. Oh, no, twist my arm. I have to watch Tilda Swinton, the woman that I'm desperately in love with. In a we, movie. Have,
1: we have a lot of bi-panic conversations where it's like, do I like this person because
0: I have problems? Or... <laughs> Oh my gosh, Tilda Swinton is like, if Tilda Swinton came out as non-binary, it would not surprise me at all, is one of those things.
1: You know what, I remember the first time I really encountered Tilda Swinton was, uh, she played Gabriel in Constantine. Yes. And I remember looking at this individual and like, it's intentional that you don't really know what gender Gabriel is, especially like the direction that that movie took. And I was just like, I'm willing to accept whatever option is available.
0: And honestly, if we had to pick somebody who wasn't Asian and I, I still don't necessarily agree with the whitewashed casting for Dr. Strange, I'm glad it was told us when. Um, I'm actually okay. I still okay. think we could have done better.
1: No, I don't because that characterization was so outdated in Fu Manchu that like getting an actual Asian I think is more disrespectful somehow that's just my opinion I'm not Asian I can't speak for them but like looking at that old characterization I'm like it let's just ignore it let's just pretend it doesn't
0: exist we don't need to do any of the old kung fu movie things of yeah we don't need that touching your beard and throwing it over your shoulder we already had that we had that with the kill bill volume one and two anyway
1: okay but tarantino
0: oh. was doing it to make fun of that don't
1: don't single
0: out tarantino. oh i'm not singling out tarantino <gasps> we we're about to fight we single him out for a lot of other things
1: like but. the excessive use of the n-word and hateful eight yes
0: um also i just read a book on operation paperclip and i desperately need to watch inglorious bastards again um yes because it's accurate and i hate it Anyway, I love that movie. I don't hate it, but I'm just saying. Like, I'm still the mad vivi- that Daniel most- is pretty in that.
1: He is the most vivid memory I have from *Inglorious Bastards*. I saw that movie in theaters. Fun fact, um and I remember leaving the theater with a friend and overhearing these youths say, "That's not. I guess that's how World War II ended."
0: No, it's not.
1: And just like being so shocked and disappointed, but also like.
0: You know what? Sure. You know what the most upsetting thing this week that happened was, I'm reading this book on Operation Paperclip, and they start talking about Dr. Walter Schreiber, who did all sorts of experiments on Jewish people, um, against their will, and obviously, understood. Yeah, nobody was like, "Hey, I want to be a part of this." Um, and then Randolph Air Force Base had him as a doctor. They brought him yeah. over here they're like he's fine everybody's like uh he's guilty of literal nazi war crimes he's fine he's gonna teach our air force about medicine
1: oh boy i mean we can talk a lot about things that texas has done but that'd be a whole other podcast and it'd be terrible uh, so do you want to talk about uh gender and especially gender versus sex
0: yes so something that's very interesting about this book is it's not necessarily made a big deal of the fact that orlando changes genders there is basically a couple changes sex Sex sexes not genders sorry yes changes sex and it goes from male to female and it's fascinating because it's basically treated as like a single line where it's and orlando woke up and basically had a vagina i mean that's not the well a vagina and a uterus and all that kind of stuff um but the virginia wolf doesn't go into those details because you didn't talk about those things in those days but Ethically,
1: we don't talk about those things now that's true
0: <laughs> but a lot of orlando's makeup doesn't change personality doesn't change mm-hmm. looks don't change mm-hmm. really that what changes are is clothing
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and what orlando can get away with So presentation and
1: socialization. Yes. Um, So those are huge aspects in the conversation, especially being around gender and sex. Sex being, of course, the biological function, gender being the presentation. So gender in and of itself is a social construct. Don't Mm -hmm. fucking at me. (laughs) Don't fucking at me. Gender is a social construct. Sex isn't that is biological but gender is entirely made up which is why there are so many cultures that have third gender options so the idea that Orlando essentially trades over gender and sex and very little changes is kind of weird and I think if anything that might be why I don't see this book as revolutionary as some people do Uh, also because it reminds me a lot of a very very common thing in anime called a body swap where someone like turns into or like gets shifted into the body of like usually their crush or something so that's a super common trope in anime and manga and it's definitely not revolutionary it's usually very masturbatory it's just like so boys have an excuse like oh i have boobs now like it's not some kind of brave look into gender exploration or a coded transgender metaphor it's usually just a way to talk about high school horniness so that also might be one of the reasons why I don't see this as revolutionary as a lot of people do where it's like oh this is like the first transgender not not really it's a body swap book it's fine that's fine but like I'm not going to give it as much credit I think as other works that are actually seeking to examine what that is because we've had people that are transgender or of non-binary since we've had people. Uh, my favorite thing, and uh, Tory got to see this a little bit as a uh, historians and archaeologists like feverishly backpedaling. <laughs> it was a cucumber. Oh my goodness! It was a cucumber. It's like this is not a.
0: Or they were.
1: Very close friends. They were oh my god, they were such good friends. It's like this, roommates.
0: This, this man's
1: incredible. dick is fossilized in this other man's ass. Like they're they were fucking married.
0: Like, what are you talking
1: about? Like, oh my god, I love I love archaeologists and historians like feverishly backpedaling. I was watching a documentary on Viking warrior women for reasons. Pointed look at Tori. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault pointed look at tori uh and one of the things about it is that there has actually been found a few burial sites where the warriors in those tombs were not men they were women and now as i is tried to be like oh well maybe you know she got lost she's not supposed to be in this grave it was for someone else <laughs> it's just like okay okay
0: bro pop off i guess what's interesting about this so for 1928 this was a lot um for yes i will give it that credit as we'll talk a little bit later about vita sackville west Mm -hmm. um who got into a lot of trouble locally for her relationship with a woman named violet Mm -hmm. um it was one of those things where you kind of whispered about it over tea and then acted like you'd never heard the story Mm -hmm. um while this stuff existed i mean we, we've seen oscar wild we've seen all sorts of stuff like that mm-hmm. it was still an incredibly conservative time up until i mean god over the past few decades i mean it's chilled out a lot um but no. even into the fit it's <laughs> sad but it's no, not, no. we're in um, texas we still have laws oh, that allow England. people everywhere but like i mean up until the 50s that's one of the reasons we had the cambridge 5 spy scandal is because you had all of these very intelligent men who were gay or bisexual couldn't do anything about it and were treated like freaking criminals for their beliefs and we're like okay the russians kind of have a point though maybe i should help them that the russians do any better because they still execute people for being gay
1: yeah they go out of their way to call it sodomy over there which i always think is hilarious like oh you're gonna use the scary name cool oh
0: they still round up people in chechnya
1: we're not gonna talk about chechnya because we don't have time for that um so the interesting thing about this is that there are benefits to the sort of like gender sliding that Orlando does, where it's like, oh, I get to see the other side of the world. Ooh. <laughs> and it and it is interesting because it does bring up some of the limits of like women aren't allowed to do certain things. Again, the novel is not brave enough or modern enough to really do anything with that. Uh, because I mean, I I mean, I really struggle to call Orlando trans.
0: There's one part where Orlando was going into a conversation about wearing a tighter skirt than most women were wearing at the time that was popular because it was closer to the gaucho pants that he was comfortable with Mm -hmm. and so she goes into a whole thing about oh I have you know this tighter skirt and I was getting more attention than the other ladies because this is just what I learned to move around in and I'm going oh
1: okay uh this is where I'm going to point everyone in the direction of contrapoint she has a video on autogynophilia. which sorry, is Autogynophilia. it's that thing buffalo bill has <laughs> where he's super into himself the would you fuck
0: me i'd fuck me yes hard. i'd fuck me so that's
1: odd that's so buffalo bill is an gynephile. Um, a lot of trans women, especially, are assumed to be just cross-dressing autogynophiles. Or it's like, oh, you just want to, it's like a masturbatory weird thing and it's not. Um, so I'm just gonna point everyone in the direction of ContraPoints' video on auto, on autogynophilia, uh, because yeah, there is a little bit of that like, of Orlando just like, oh, my body, and you know, all these clothes. It's like, that's not, those are not issues that
0: trans people face. Just so we don't get in trouble for playing the whole song i'm just Terrible. kidding there's actually a lot of jokes about that um based off of the movie because at, at the time that silence of the lambs was made that was considered to be very appropriate and it does not hold up since 1994 i will also point in the direction of
1: two other videos one also by contrapoints where she talks about jk rowling and she goes a lot into like trans panic and cross-dressing panic as far as serial killers and murderers and Lindsay ellis does a video working with contrapoints talking about uh the history of trans characters in media so i'm just going to point you guys in a direction of other resources for this.
0: I know and I feel like I'm going to be like searching tonight and be like "Hi, I swear it's fair and balanced but not like Fox News because fuck that that's not fair it's not
1: fair and balanced at all like we're put this is to me this goes into that category of like okay so you know how um, conservatives love to do the whole like liberals won't debate us it's like because you're trying to debate on human rights and that's not up for debate like I'm more than happy to debate like fiscal policy and like do we need a statue here and what side of the road should we drive on like I'm more than happy to debate on that shit what you're asking me to debate is are trans people people to which the answer is yes yes (laughs)
0: the thing (laughs) is any answer
1: that isn't yes is not acceptable
0: (laughs) I have known many 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 trans people and no this is not my this is my black friend because first of all that'd be hysterical saying that to my actual black friend
1: who is uh, (laughs) non-binary
0: who's non-binary um they're just people yeah they're living a life they were born in a body that doesn't match who they are okay you don't need oh. to be an ass about it. You don't I'm not to gonna like-
1: I'm not gonna prositize about what the trans experience is because everyone is different. I think I think especially cis people do sort of assume that it's always like this fragile I was born in the wrong body. Oh, woe is me. And like that's not everyone's experience. I'm not gonna talk about what's <laughs> what,
0: not everyone's experience.
1: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fill in the trans experience for people who are trans when I'm not. Um but I do like that Orlando tries again, I think at least for me, and I'm fully admitting my bias, that this wasn't as revolutionary to me because I do have that footing in anime where this is just fuckery. This There's an entire trope of just this shit and it's basically just teenage horniness. And I don't think that Virginia Wolf, even for her time, was strong enough to really know what she was grasping at.
0: I think- What's really weird is Georges mm-hmm. um, Sand or Aurora de, late Aurora Dudevon or whatever, Um, actually wrote a play called Orlando as -hmm. well that's about a woman who dresses as a man Mm -hmm. and a friend falls madly in love with him in air quotes Mm -hmm. and loses their shit until they find out it's actually a woman Mm -hmm. Um, and then their relationship is all weird because that woman has to start acting like a woman and Mm -hmm. as far as cultural Um, so this is not necessarily even a new name not necessarily no. a new concept at the time no it was definitely not something that was super popular
1: no and re- again realistically in the west it's still not super popular um do you want to talk about uh the little ice age
0: yes so something you'll see especially if you've watched things like doctor who or spent a lot of time reading english literature or spending time reading english history there was a time period where the Thames would freeze over. Now that's not really something that happens today. Part of it's due to pollution. Part of it's due to global warming. We're not another gonna get part into of that. it is due to the
1: sacrifice that the Queen does of a hundred swans every year to maintain the balance of life and death.
0: That's fucking creepy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so at one point in time, or the Thames would freeze. And people would be like, this is freaking cool. Well, it got to a point where they would throw what are called frost fairs, which is basically they would have some sort of fair or carnival on the ice because it was safe enough to be out there and have a good time. Um, You would have all sorts of like special meals. Higher class people would set up tables for like 50 of their closest friends. It was considered to be like a very exciting thing to do, Mm -hmm. Um, which now we're like that sounds freaking weird but we're talking also you got to remember today we do things like build ice palaces that people spend the night in like that's a big exciting thing it's very similar to that this is something cool and exciting you can do in a town where you're mostly freaked out do i have enough water and food if i'm lower class or if i'm upper class how do i entertain myself Mm -hmm. um so the frost fairs were a big deal and they would have animals out there like elephants to prove that the ice was steady um they would have at one point in time um the reason that we have a zoo in London which is fascinating is because dignitaries would start to donate animals to the Tower of London
1: yeah and they would just fucking hang around like there were
0: fucking lions and shit monkeys that they trained to smoke um all sorts of random animals there's actually it was last time i visited which was god forever ago now mm-hmm. um they had an entire display on animals that would have been at the tower of london mm-hmm. and they finally just said we can't keep them here because this is just not working out for people they also
1: kept eating the ravens and yeah. that's a problem
0: and the ravens as far as people if you don't know english history ravens in the the tower of london there is a belief that if the ravens leave or all die out england will fall mm-hmm.
1: um so that's not why just england they say the empire. the empire like they like it's not just england being fucked it's all of it uh so now they cheat and they breed
0: ravens. <laughs> anytime that there are new raven eggs or new ravens have been born you will see videos on twitter mm-hmm. you will see mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff on facebook the tower of london has gotten very very savvy um it used to be, they have a ceremony called the ceremony of the keys where they you walk up at <laughs> night before you used to have to write six weeks in advance, tell them the days that you were requesting, ask for tickets, and then they would mail it to you with a self addressed stamped envelope. It was a big fucking deal. And mm-hmm. I know this because we did this in the year 2003 for when I yeah, graduated high school.
1: Now you can just get tickets online. online and the Raven
0: master has a Twitter. That's awesome. He's on TikTok they're so freaking cool and the Tower of London is very fraught with awful history I mean there are so many people who have been killed there yeah um, I, I will admit I do have
1: moments every once in a while where like they'll make light of especially like, the the deaths that happened under King Henry it's like oh well Anne Boleyn it's like uh ah. <laughs> Captain <Catherine down>. Howard. <laughs> like I uh, calm down. There's like, they, a memorial,
0: like a little water kind of fountain thing that kind of has water boil over the edge that has the names of the people who are executed there. And it's hard. Like you walk by it, and if you're really into history, you kind of go, oh, especially if you're into like feminist history, if you're into people who present as women. Um it's very difficult to see how culture treated them at that time and a lot of uh, and there's still a, treats though still do there's an incredible book about ann boydlin it's called like 500 years of lies or something like that and it's about the fact that a lot of where she got in trouble is that she was trying to reform the religion at the time um and people did not like that they did not necessarily want somebody who understood how things had happened in germany um Henry was able to get away with a lot of it because initially he'd been like, yay, Catholicism. And then he was like, no, no, I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing my own thing, even though it's 90% the same thing.
1: Yeah, uh, we're not going to talk about that because I have opinions. <laughs> and we'll be here for hours. And we will. You- and I very much want my IHOP. So <laughs> barreling towards a conclusion motivated on pancakes. Uh, we also probably should talk about the Little Ice Age, which was a thing that happened where because of the explosion of Krakatoa and other volcanic activities, uh, the world froze over basically due to volcanic ash.
0: You're welcome for me knowing that off the top of my head. And that's why I get weird every time we have an an explosion in Rukchivik, but um yeah obviously real quick 365 rooms 52 staircases seven day trances virginia wolf is very focused on time in this book seasons um,
1: of love intensifies
0: <laughs> oh my gosh so when amanda put that note in i saw that when i was at work and i snort laughed really loud thankfully no one was around me um so What's weird about this book, and I mean this in the best possible way, is new no, Wolf's former girlfriend, Vita Sackville-West, mm-hmm. is who is pictured in, in throughout this book mm-hmm. in different time periods for Orlando. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point in time, she is dressed up as Sasha. She's dressed up as um, different characters throughout. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a nod to the fact that a lot of this was based off of her relationship with with vita
1: mm-hmm.
0: um there's a lot to get into there so before we get in there we're going to talk about any additional themes and symbols but <laughs> there's a lot to unpack i don't
1: really think that there are outside of like you could technically use the trans possibly as a trans allegory again i'm not really gonna i would lead that up more to interpretation than actual like contextualized criticism because again, I really just don't think the book is that clever.
0: I just and don't. I think you could argue it if you were trying to do a thesis. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I think there's enough material in here that you could argue it. Oh, of course. But it's, I don't necessarily know that this was something that they had, that she had planned.
1: Right. And that's why, like, I would, I would happily let someone, like, argue this for, like, a dissertation. I do not think that text as writ, again, is smart enough or cares enough, which is fine um it's if this is your thing i'm glad but also like just literally read any other gender studies please just go go to fucking barnes and nobles go find like their half of a section about gender studies run your fingers up and down and then stop randomly
0: Also, having worked at Barnes & Noble for five years, the sociology department has a lot of really good books, too, that are always kind of misclassified because there's no other place to put them. You know what? I'm actually, you know what? I'll go crazy.
1: Go to your local secondhand bookseller. Do it. If you have a half price or like an eccentric old person who sells books out of their like second home.
0: Especially if they have cats.
1: Yeah, or like a book barn. We have a couple book barns in like the beach towns in South Texas. We're just like a warehouse full of books, and they're like a dollar each. We have those. Just Sounds and like and seven. go to like go to literally any of like the human study sections of those, and just just go find some gender studies. I'm very distracted because I forgot that I have my new lighter in front of me, which is a USB uh, <laughs> rose gold arc lighter.
0: That's so pretty. Yeah, it's a. Uh... I like, I can't even be mad at it. Like, I want you to take a picture of it. I will.
1: It sounds like, it sounds like a weapon from Doctor Who. Like it makes it like a high pitch wine.
0: Oh, it does sound like the um, screwdriver. The sonic it does. Screwdriver.
1: And it's uh completely USB rechargeable. That's beautiful. So, I will never have to buy another lighter again. Thank you. And it, yeah and the flame is purple i like it i was distracted by it because i was like what is this doing here i was using it earlier because i had to uh wax seal some letters because i am a moody
0: victorian poet <laughs> amanda does amazing wax seals by the way
1: thank you i, appreciate I love it.
0: it i love seeing your pictures
1: like, oh, uh, so Cool. do you want to talk about virginia Woolf?
0: yes because i want you to be able to go eat so oh, i'm fine adelina Virginia Stevens and if you're like age of Adeline sounds familiar yeah because mm-hmm. a lot of it is borrowed from this anyways yes. um, she was born January 25th in 1882 to a couple of complete badasses mm-hmm. both of her parents had been married before they were both widowed her father was Sir Leslie Steven who was a mountaineer and a well-known author and historian her mother Julia Princep Jackson Stephen, was born in India And she was a nurse who wrote a book on nursing and she had actually been a model during the era of the pre-Raphaelite brotherhood. So I loved her immediately. Um, (laughs) It's been a while, but Tori always manages. Always. Uh, Virginia and her siblings grew grew up right across from Hyde Park in Kensington. So literally they could walk across the street and go to Hyde Park, which is amazing. for their holidays, they would go to St. Ives at the southwest tip of England and spend time at a summer home, which had a really good view of what's called the Godrevy Lighthouse, and that's actually what would lead to the inspiration for her book *To the Lighthouse*. Um, sad news: she was actually sexually abused by her half brothers, which she ended up writing about in later essays. And to add to this trauma, she, um, her mother died when she was thirteen. It was sudden. It was from rheumatic fever. Um, And that was when she suffered her first nervous breakdown. So this was actually something that continued on in her life. She studied at the ladies department of King's college. She was incredibly smart. Um, She developed a skill with multiple languages. She hung out with radical feminists for the time period. So versus our radical feminists today, a little bit different, but still full of very unique ideas that would lead to things like a room of one's own. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her father died in 1904 from stomach cancer. So. Obviously, she did not take death well, and especially when she was that young, she was briefly institutionalized to deal with the trauma of losing both of her parents. In 1905, she was tasked with writing for the Times Literary Supplement. Mm -hmm. Her brother then died of typhoid when he had gone on a family visit to Greece. Um, She did not take that well either. Virginia's sister Vanessa and her brother Adrian ended up selling the family home to Hyde Park gate before purchasing a house in an area called Bloombury in London and this actually became pretty famous because people around there ended up getting the name the Bloomsbury group and there was a group of free thinkers and intellectuals that would influence both Vanessa and Virginia and just to keep you in mind Vanessa was a painter, and she was very well known for what she did. It was always kind of joked that Vanessa would be the painter and Virginia would be the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, she married a man named Clive Bell. Um, they did not have a uh, common marriage for the time frame. E.M. Um, e. Forrester was part of the group, as was economist John Maynard Keynes, and an essayist named Leonard Wolfe. This group ended up pulling off a very racist Uh, practical joke pretending to be Ethiopian royals if you ever want to look that up it's called the dreadnought hoax I don't encourage it but anyway yeah uh, I also don't encourage it Virginia and Leonard through this became very close they married in 1912 Mm -hmm. they bought their own printing press and started their own publishing company out of their home Mm -hmm. Um, this let Virginia publish some things that were a little bit more experimental than she would have been able to get away with also the fact that she was a woman at that time um it was an outlet for their contemporaries and a lot of people who again didn't necessarily couldn't get published with the major presses mm-hmm. in 1922 virginia and vita sackville west became friends and vita already had a not great reputation um she had had a relationship with a friend named violent violet they had run <laughs> away i wish it was violent no i'm just kidding <laughs> um, they had an affair and Vita's husband was a diplomat and they had two kids. So it was hushed up. Um, they did talks about you know, what a modern marriage looked like and things like that. So as they got closer and closer and closer, they ended up having an affair themselves. So Virginia and Vita were together in a relationship. There is some discussion back and forth about whether it was a sexual relationship, whether they were just um, bi-romantic, how that went, because it's rumored that Virginia was not very into sexual intimacy. Um, she evidently had a very hard time having sex with Leonard. And that's something that if you have ever watched the movie Vita and Virginia, that's referenced pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, But it goes back and forth about the importance of their relationship as far as history goes. Um, They ended up even after breaking up from a romantic relationship, staying very close to each other for the rest of their lives. And Orlando, like I said earlier, is themed as a biography and it's considered to be a very, very thinly veiled portrayal of Vita Sackville West Mm -hmm. and her just explorations and going off to different places and trying different things Um, again. The photographs in different adventures don't help this narrative, so she ended up getting in a lot of trouble for that, Vita Mm -hmm. did, um, especially with her family, which was a little bit more conservative and was like, why are you hanging out with this crazy writer bitch? Um, Virginia tended to, as a personality, when she would write, she would go into a complete mania. She would write these very long, very detailed books, and then once they were complete, she would give them to Leonard to review Mm -hmm. um and a lot of times she would fall into depression after finishing writing because she didn't know how it was going to be interpreted Mm -hmm. and she took it very very personally like this was a part of her that she was giving to somebody Mm
1: -hmm.
0: leonard wolf was one of the only people other than vanessa her sister who could really keep her in a good place and leonard actually kind of took it upon himself to make it his task to make sure that she ate that she slept that she was taking time for herself and especially when she finished a book he would kind of follow her around to make sure that she wasn't going to do something stupid Mm -hmm. um she did end up killing herself at age 59 and she wrote a very and it's, it's hard to talk about she wrote a letter to leonard to thank him for his help Mm-hmm. Um, to thank him for being one of the only people who really understood her and how to take care of her. And she apologized, saying that he was the only one who could have even remotely kept her from doing this and to not take it personally. Um, there is an incredible reading of this letter by the girl who plays Molly from Sherlock. And I will go ahead and include that link. Um, there's also two links I found of the girl who plays. Um, the assassin from killing Eve reading that letter or a letter from Vita Sackville West to Virginia and then the girl who is in Bridgerton one of the, um I forget what her name is starts the p anyway I'll, I'll post them but she reads the responding letter and they're really really good um a lot of how this came about her suicide we we tend to be like oh well you know she's very emotional a lot of it had to do with the fact that they lived in london during the blitz so during world war ii everything is getting blown to shit around them and they ended up moving to an area they called the monk's house um, which was out in the country and she and her husband actually had a pact and it was if the germans ended up invading london invading england they would commit suicide together and um after their home was destroyed during the blitz and they were in the monk house She took that very, very, very hard because it was, oh my God, the Germans are going to be here any day. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the reasons she put the stones in her coat pocket. She walked out into the river and she drowned herself. And poor freaking Leonard, her body wasn't found for three weeks because it it had been carried off by the current. Um, Unfortunately, that tends to be the thing that everybody remembers. It's kind of like Sylvia Plath. We go, oh, Sylvia Plath. Yeah, she put her head in an oven and killed herself with gas and left food out for her kids. And we're like, oh and we're like, oh, Virginia Woolf. Yeah, she put stones in her pocket and drowned herself. There's so much more to that personality and so much more to that. And I kind of wish we wouldn't romanticize the the suicide aspect of things, if that makes any sense.
1: No, it does. I just, I don't know. I think I'm far from agreeing that we should romanticize the suicide of authors, but I do think that having more frank conversations about their mental health is very important. Because I think one of the big things is, is um, especially creatives, we do tend to romanticize our illnesses a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I was younger, one of the biggest reasons why I didn't wanna be on medication was because I didn't want to lose my ability to write. I had assumed that my mental <laughs> illness was the reason I was good at writing. Spoiler alert, it's not. Um, it's the, it's, it actually, it, you know what? It does affect my writing. I write much
0: less emo poetry. I was going to say my writing is more cohesive. Yes. uh, And makes a lot more sense and is not as emotional. Um, Everybody already kind of knows from listening to this podcast, I have both anxiety and depression. It's a fun combo. Thanks, PCOS. Um, But I remember being younger and being like, I can't take medication because then I won't be able to write poetry, I won't mm-hmm. be able to write short stories and won't be able to do this. And we get this this lie in our head that we have to have that mental illness to make us do this. Mm-hmm. Take your fucking medication.
1: Yeah, just take your fucking pills. Like just, oh my God. So I, I, I can see why also we do romanticize uh, the suicide aspect. Also in all fairness, and I don't mean to sound insensitive, she also did it in a very dramatic
0: way. Yes.
1: Like I'm I, I don't say that to belittle or to make fun, but to say I don't want to make a big deal out of it. I mean
0: I she made a big deal out of it. I'm trying to find out. So there's there's a film adaptation, obviously, of Orlando. And what's really interesting is there is a man who plays queen Elizabeth and he was a a gay man named Quentin crisp. And I'm trying to remember because I read something that made it sound like he was related to Virginia Wolf in real life, like very distantly, but I could be very wrong about that. Um, As we were talking about earlier, Tilda Swinton is the perfect casting for this movie because as, and, and from doc what's documented is that she's represented as female. Um, between those cheekbones and their and Tilda's acting chops, holy crap, they could be anyone they want to be. True. Um, one of the best roles I've seen her in is Only Lovers Left Alive, where she plays Eve. <laughs> holy crap. I mean, that and freaking Hiddleston. Whew. Although that movie's a little depressing, so I have to watch it sparingly. Um, I'm due to rewatch that this year. I'm also due to rewatch What We Do in the Shadows, if we're talking about vampire movies.
1: I mean, I, I'm willing to support Due to Rewatch, like, we're on a schedule. <laughs> that and Inglorious
0: Bastards. I have like three. Um, as I mentioned a little bit, there's a movie called Vita in Virginia. It's on Hulu right now. So if you have Hulu, definitely recommend watching it. Um, they take a little bit of liberty with the history, but every movie does that it's Mm -hmm. like how do we make this script a little bit more exciting um both actresses do an incredible job but it's take it with a grain of salt
1: um yeah i mean it's 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 someone's lesbian
0: fan fiction and it's good lesbian fan fiction i mean that wasn't said to besmirch anyone but it is did you have to read this in school i think you already answered this i
1: i did not um to be frank, I'm glad I didn't because I think I'd still be mad at it like
0: Ethan Frome. Yeah, fuck Ethan Frome. Anyway, um, I read this in college. I, mm-hmm. This was one of those books that I read for fun because I also read the play Orlando written by um Saint, which mm-hmm. I was obsessed with at the time. I wanted to be her. Um, so yeah, I have read this before and it can be a lot. It's very short, but it's still a lot because... Virginia Wolf does not mince words. She uses as much as she feels like at the time.
1: Yeah. Uh she definitely writes uh like she is manic. There's a there was a great documentary that was about uh King George the Third, and they were discussing like his madness, and there were these cool like writing samples of when he was manic versus when he wasn't, because we're pretty sure he had either Prophyria and or bipolar uh Tbh, he's dead, and I don't care. But
0: <laughs> Tbh, he was an
1: asshole. Yeah, I mean, Tbh, uh, illness or not, he was a dick.
0: So it doesn't the matter. Regency period following him was so fruitful. When right, his took over as regent. Eh,
1: he was kind of that he had the world stacked oh, he up a, against him. He was a dick, but I'm not saying he was a good person. I'm just saying he had a lot of things stacked up against him. I mean, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm definitely not trying to excuse George IV. I'm just saying he had a lot of things going against him.
0: If you ever get a chance watch the movie The Madness of King George. It just watch Fit to Rule by Lucy by
1: Lucy Worsley.
0: Lucy Worsley. I want to be best friends with her. I I feel like she
1: would be such a great friend to have. Uh, Smithsonian, did document- Smithsonian did a documentary Smithsonian documentary with her where she's doing the Tower of London like recently. So her and the Ravenmaster get to meet and they have a <gasps> great time
0: that's like when uh neil gaiman and amanda palmer got married and i was like no you're both muses you can't be in the same room together
1: yeah it was it's very neat and uh during that interview uh poppy one of the ravens uh gets jealous and like starts tugging at the raven master's uniform
0: poppy's like mm, no not just like it's, mine. it's like attention needed
1: because I, I think at that time the new ravens had just been had so it's like no i'm no longer a baby and I poppy need... was rebelling
0: I love watching them feed the ravens. It's gruesome. It is gruesome. And that makes me sound like a horrible mass murderer. But I mean, like, just watching the ravens be like, I'm going to get a snack. It's kind of like watching somebody feed a snake, where you're like, I'm going to look away for a moment. The snake is happy. But also, and I remember uh, we discussed this in
1: uh, one of Sophie the Magpie's live streams, the like, how do you tell the difference between a raven and a crow is you look at a crow and it's like, that's a nice sized bird. You look at a raven, like that's a dog sized crow.
0: <laughs> that there's actually in Big Bear, California, they have a, like a little mini zoo that has like local animals mm-hmm. and they have ravens because you're up at a high enough ele- elevation where you can have ravens and mm-hmm. you're like, that's a big bird.
1: Yeah, they're ravens are shockingly large uh you will they, know the difference you will absolutely know the difference and they sound like demons and I say that lovingly there's all these videos with the raven master where he's like stroking them and like they just sound like gargoyles and it's like oh look at how cute it is like that's no that's a demon I like it and support it but that's a demon <laughs>
0: So the whole Ryan and Shane videos from Buzzfeed Unsolved, my daughter is obsessed with them.
1: Hashtag and so
0: same. we will walk up to each other and I'll be like, demon, demon. Dima. That's or my favorite. And That and rock and roll buckaroo. Um, oh that's my, my favorite thing to yell at her when she's like really being slow. Like, I need you to get your laundry for me or I need you to do something.
1: There's so much wonderful chaos uh, with that. So we have some resources i will we post i think of them. all of them
0: <laughs> um i forgot that the girl from killing eve her name is judy comer and i have a huge crush on her and it's a whole thing she plays a freaking russian assassin so who was not going to be in love with that um normal sane people anyway um yeah and the other person is nicola coughlin from bridgerton who is also adorable and my friends say that if i was anyone from bridgerton i would be her okay i've not watched bridgerton She's the plus-size one who's cute. Cool. I mean, that fits my, I guess. Anyway, um, there's a lot of stuff on Virginia Woolf online.
1: Yeah, it's really not hard to find. Uh, She's white and a woman, so history remembers her.
0: You're not wrong.
1: I know. I'm really, I'm very, very rarely wrong. That's the sad part.
0: So our next book for Pride is very, very much chosen with Pride in mind. Mm -hmm. it's called the well of loneliness by radcliffe hall Mm -hmm. and it is credited with being the first lesbian novel Mm -hmm. and i apologize in advance (laughs) because i have to pick the weird ones right no you don't have okay so fun fact for this pride
1: we actually had a lot of conversations about this like we agonized a little bit over this pride because uh, i was willing to go more conservative and tori was like we've been preferential to a certain kind of normativity and it's like okay fine optics um, <laughs> my middle name so this is where we are this is what we're doing uh let us know if you want that side episode about rainbow capitalism
0: hell yes we have been talking about doing that because i mean anytime i see something that i'm like what the hell is this i send it over to amanda
1: Mm-hmm.
0: we just go fuck rainbow capitalism yeah but also like it's in our
1: cart like i had to close that look human shop because i kept finding things that i wanted
0: i have earrings from last year when my daughter came forward and said i think i'm a lesbian and i was like okay just no i think i'm pansexual i'm like okay i go you're gonna go through four or five other ideations before you find out who you are and that's okay this is true this but is true if you want me to get you that rainbow skirt for pride, I will get you that rainbow skirt for pride. So we had matching yeah. rainbow skirts. Um I got the pronoun pins from Target. Yay.
1: They still don't have my set of pronouns, but that's okay.
0: They that's don't fine.
1: Have, what what are you, yours aren't they them or what are yours? Oh they've never been they them. Yours is uh, everyone. <laughs> they've never been they them. Uh I usually just use he she
0: you're like champion that that's what my pronouns are champion
1: though in our discord for fangirl nation i use the uh suffix uh mx mix so i don't have to be referred to as miss because that is something that has recently become a little bit dysphoric uh mostly just because it always feels a little condescending no matter who it's coming from it always just feels a smidge condescending so I do like that uh, gender neutral suffix. Uh, a convention that I'm paneling at uh, has me listed as writer and scholar. I don't quite know how I earned the title of scholar, but I think that's very funny.
0: You're a gentle person and a scholar, I guess.
1: I was not aware that I was a scholar.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, you have a freaking podcast about literature, friend, that we've been doing for over two years.
1: Yeah, we need to know what we're doing for our anniversary oh god that's november yeah that's not that far
0: (laughs) it's not that far it's so funny because i keep finding books that i'm like oh we should cover that then i'm like should we though
1: like for the record tori's suggestions for this year are
0: the weirdest fucking books and i had to like curtail her and be like no one has read this i'm like i read that in college Um, i do at some point in time want to do all quiet on the western front just so i can talk about world war (sighs) One. i had to read that in school damn it oh also july is uh my birth month so get ready for whatever that's gonna be that means amanda gets to pick what what is going down so Uh, yeah uh i hope you guys adopt a gargoyle uh tori where can the good people find us we're all over social media we are on unfortunately required reading on facebook unfortunately rr on twitter unfortunately required on instagram and unfortunately required reading.com if you're like me and you just want to go one place where everything is yep
1: Uh, this is the part of the podcast where we thank our patrons. Uh, we are very appreciative of your continued support. If you would like to support the podcast financially, you may do so at anchor.fm slash unfortunate required reading your support monetarily is not necessary, but is very much appreciated. Uh, it does help us keep the lights on and we are eternally grateful for the support that we receive, especially during these remarkably difficult times. Uh, additionally, if you would like to, uh, Uh, join us in adopting a gargoyle uh show us which one you adopted in comments we'd love to see it
0: yeah we tend to be very well amanda tends to be very active on twitter yes um i will occasionally get drunk and post weird things from tiktok on facebook this is true Um, and it's usually well it's always literature related because i have a problem um but yeah if you ever decide in the middle of the night at 2 a.m that you want to email us our email address is unfortunately required reading at gmail.com yeah i mean we'll we'll answer it feels like one of those things where you do a riddle you're like answer me these riddles riddles three you want to write to us you have to write all of these words correctly
1: (laughs) yeah i mean real talk if you're emailing us at 2 a.m one of us is going to get a notification on our phones and we're not going to be coherent enough to like challenge you we're just going to be like what the fuck
0: I have a thing on my phone that turns off all messages at 10 a.m. or not 10 a.m. 10, 10. <laughs> I wish it was 10 a.m. Then I wouldn't get Tor- emails. Tori work. says, fuck her job. Sometimes. Throw no. phone into ocean. There are days, today was one of the days where I looked at my phone and I went, I mean, I could probably live without a job for five minutes.
1: I can anyway. Live a little longer.
0: Uh, happy Pride, everyone happy pride wish amanda good luck in uh eating her ihop dinner oh uh, fun fact did you know that the
1: omelets at ihop are not gluten-free
0: yes i did because they put the pancake batter in it i found yes. this out after i had very bad intestinal distress after <laughs> eating wheat for a long time and i had a <laughs> conversation with somebody who worked with at ihop so you can
1: get them gluten-free now where they just sans that. But I always think that that's hilarious. Uh, one of my favorite food things is when things over explain that they're vegetarian or vegan. Like the like the vegetarian key lime pie.
0: Oh my gosh, that was ridiculous.
1: <laughs> uh, I was ordering lunch, as I do, and there was a particular restaurant that had gone out of its way to say that the key lime pie was vegetarian. To which my immediate response was fear. Like, it, it should... B, I understand saying it's not vegan. That's fine. I get that. But there's there's no recipe that makes sense that would involve um, putting a meat
0: product. I was trying to figure out, like, would it be chicken and lime? Like, I I didn't understand.
1: I, I still don't understand. Uh, okay, IHOP order has in place. It'll be here in 30 minutes.
0: Yay! I'm sorry I made you wait so long to eat. Oh, you're fine but How there's a river you? cat as a present oh yeah we have to see the cat before nemo opened the door too but he's not coming in hello
1: river hi she's like hey. what the fuck is this hi oh, man you meets her she's like no i don't <laughs> don't speak for me <laughs> i'm I miss that little judgmental face. Okay, we're going to stop recording now because it's just me fawning over Tori's cat. (laughs) That's weird. We'll see you guys soon. See you guys next episode.